describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. playing james and who are you i'm dan where are we from today dan baba yaga's hut that's right we've fixed the repairs uh thanks to rob for filling in as dan was on assignment uh negotiating uh some treaties with the various uh we're going around the grog empire getting funds for the summer summer uh what do they call those summer campaigns where you like pbs they go to the you you try to do a fundraiser yeah you shake down the vassals for money and you've come back the lizard men are so cheap <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize that but hey you know. and rude <laughs> they are rude <laughs> they're scary respect they need to respect your authority i have exactly. an image i have is it, i have an image of indiana jones running you know at the beginning right, of with all the lizard men you chasing chasing you that's you with the lizard that was me ah. so you didn't bring much back much tribute back no oh well this this is why we're having grog kind so all the vassals can come here and provide tribute which is Three months from today, we will be broadcasting live from GrogCon 23. That makes it sound like we're like luring them here. Mm-hmm. We are, clearly. They don't know what's going to happen. It's like the mafia movie. One of those mafia movies. <laughs> right. They all show up. And... Right, and then there's a big murder. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> well, we warned them. What is the theme for this uh, thing? All hail Orcus, the Feast of Orcus. If you didn't see that coming. Right. If you... Feast of Orcus, does that sound like something you would probably do well in? Who do you think is going to be the food? Right. <laughs> if you look to the left or right, you don't see food. Guess who the food is, That's right? right. That's it. So, speaking of that, so all these speaking, of, speaking of Orcus. Speaking of Orcus, I don't think you've seen the last, the, the last official picture of the... So, here is the, pretty much the final picture of the Feast of Orcus. Yep. Yeah. Behold, behold all this glory from Crystal Thorn. It's fantastic. It looks so, great. Uh, she's going to get it scanned next week. So you have uh, a lot of Easter eggs in there. And she will have versions, print, you know, prints made up that you can buy from her. So if you are interested in that, um, you need to, if you want to send me a note so I can forward to her, she just wants to get an idea of how many prints she should be making. Now, is it fair to say you should probably, if, if you are married and you want to buy a print, you probably should have a man cave of some kind? Right. 
This is probably not for your dining room or to replace your, you know, your kids. You know, that portrait you go to, I'll call it glamour shots, but it's not, you know, you go yeah. to uh, Montgomery Ward or Sears when you used to get your family I, picture. Absolutely. You should be replacing that with the Feast of Orcus. Right, above the sofa. Above the sofa. People can see, hey, there's that. So I just had an image of an Orcus family portrait. <laughs> All right, so now we're ready for Random Encounter. Okay, so this is the segment of the show where we randomly roll a monster, talk about it, and have it fight the champ, who is currently... A stone golem. A stone golem. Who, who while in your absence, uh, we, play, we played this segment in, in, in Abstentia. You were, you, were, uh, you were not supplanted. You were, uh, substitution was Rob, and we created a fighter, and he unfortunately didn't... He only had... He had four plus two bolts, so he did some damage, the, um, but he ran out of things. And I think uh, he ran you away. know, it's going to be hard to beat the stone golem. So you were robbed. I was robbed. Oh, wait, and so is Knuckles? Did, Knuckles is going to have to visit the runes today? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, so There's I, a dinosaur. There's a church. So we'll, we'll have to do the jungle, a uh, tropical random encounter. Oh, he's, he's robbing the temple. Right. Yes, it's like he, Indiana Jones. He needs to make money. He yeah. he's, he's tired of beating up beggars and, and drunks and not getting anything. He's got a Central America. <laughs> he's got a Central da, 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 da. He's got a fedora. Yes. Someone needs to draw Knuckles from the DMG and uh, put, a, put him in a fedora. Yes. Oh, can he have a whip? Of course. <laughs> he's not proficient in it. He can only use an emergency. Okay. All right. So I'm going to roll the Angry Monk dice to see whether we are generating our monster from the Monster Manual 2 or the Fiend Folio. Monster Manual your, 2. The favorite, your favorite one. I don't know why. No, I don't know why I ever agreed to this. Okay. So, James, I need you to roll a D10 to D determine what area our stone golem is in. Four. He is in a dungeon. Oh, that's convenient. Uh... I need you now to roll a d10, and you know what this means. Five. That's going to be mid-level. Mid-level. May have a chance. And then a d8 and a d12, please. Probably not a chance. Probably not much of a chance. Fifteen. Twenty would have been a five-headed hydra. That would have been interesting. A poisonous snake. Really? We've had that. I think we have. Yes, we have. Sixteen. What is a margoyle? A margoyle. M-A-R... It's got to be Monster Mail too. Yeah, or... it's like a, it's like a, it's like a gargoyle, but with an M. Of course, it's on page eighty-three. This is so Monster Manual too. Eighty-three. There's a margoyle. Well, of course, it doesn't look strange. Why would it in the Monster Manual? Okay, right. the mar the margoyle is a. Why do you like this one? Why do I like the margoyle? Yes, regardless of what you think about it. One paragraph. That is nice. That is nice. So I'm not going to ask you. I usually quiz you. Do you even know the Margoyle? I, I've heard of it. I'm not going to ask you questions. You wouldn't know. Oh, I wouldn't know. Them. No, no, you're right. I wouldn't know. Would I know the things? No, I have no idea. Okay. So I'm just going to start reading it, then we can go through the stats. A Margoyle is a particularly horrid form of gargoyle, found principally in natural caves and caverns. The creature's substance is so like stone. Well, this is interesting, isn't it? Stone on stone action. Yes. That there is an 80% probability it will be undetected when lurking against it. And one can thus often surprise opponents. 
Attack is by two claws, a pair of horns, and a bite with stony fangs. Only magic weapons equal to or better than plus one will harm a margoyle. The low intelligence of this creature does not prevent it from gathering valuable items, particularly those magical sorts which could harm it. The language of these creatures is similar to that of gargoyles, and they can speak the tongue of the latter monsters well enough. Margoyles are sometimes, 20%, found with their lesser kin, gargoyles, either as masters or leaders. Okay. Why? We don't need... We, it's basically a greater gargoyle. We don't they should just call it a greater gargoyle. Why do they call it a margoyle? Yeah, I don't... It's a greater gargoyle. I cannot... Giant gargoyle? No, they're medium still. See, okay, here's... Here's my, here's my thought. If... Think back to your 14-year-old self. Yes. Could you see yourself... This of being one of, and I'm not, this is not just you for it, me, fortune old self, too. One's fortune old self. Could you see yourself coming up writing this during lunch in your, on, on some. No, I would just call it a giant, I would call it a super enhanced gargoyle. That's what it. you call it. But basically, and then you draw that picture and you draw that little paragraph, right? Because I, I don't want it to look like this. Right. On page 42 of the Monster Man. And, and right. So if your fortune old self could have created this, I'm not feeling it. Right. That's all. Yeah. This is something I could have made. Am I bringing it down? No. Oh, okay. Good. I, of course, I didn't think that way. I was just like, oh, more monsters to throw so my stupid players wouldn't be. I was four, when I was 14, was I DMing? I probably was, but I was also playing. So. So he's in natural casing caverns. Okay. So there he is. So. 80% probability it will be undetected. Okay, so right, so right, so right, I get it. You walk in, you're in a, ca a cave, right, and you just don't see it, and then right, I got it. Okay, I mean, not bad, not terrible. I got it. Okay, is that it basically? Yeah. You need magic Do you need magic weapons to hit a gargoyle? I assume. Yes. Okay. Um, he's rare, two to eight, which is kind of interesting. Six hit. I mean, he's nasty. Six hit dice. Yeah. Wait, 12 inches. What's the second movement? Oh, oh, he flies. Yes. Because regular gargoyles fly, right? Yes. But they don't have wings, do they? Uh, Are they just like... Oh. They do. Oh, do they? Well, it said, even though this picture doesn't have it on here, yeah. and it talks about the, the capacinth, which is the marine variety of yeah. a gargoyle, which uses its wings to swim. Oh, so I didn't even thought about that. Because, yeah, because the drawing doesn't have any wings there. So, yeah, yeah gargoyles are flying around with... Oh, yeah, the classic gargoyle, like on the Notre Dame, has wings on it. Yeah, right. Actually, so, here, they do have wings. They're just black. See? Oh, you're right. I never, know, I never realized that. You're absolutely right. They're black. There is wings. Yeah, got it. Okay, so my conception was totally wrong. Okay, and so this margoyle... Oh, okay, so... Oh, so that is pretty nasty. So they're like on the, oh, these are like really nasty, like what is this, stalag? Which are the ones that go up top, on top? Stalag tights or mice? Yes. So they're really nasty, right? Yeah. So they're like six. So they're like, you can't see them. Right. Oh, they're worse than like giant bats. Forget about the giant bats. So you can have like a, oh, it's just like a swarm of margoyles. Right. And piercers together. That would be fun. Okay, actually, I'm kind of warm. This often happens. No, really. <laughs> I'm sort of warming up to these guys. Yeah. I don't see what I think happens is I don't see like, you know, I don't see it till I see it. 
Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Because this is this is not your fourteen year old self. Your fourteen year old self would have seen it with the piercers. It's true. It's true. So that's right. I don't see enough uses of monsters to right. create mayhem. So that's kind of okay. So you come in, and yeah, they're up in a cave. You're in a cave. There's six of them. Oh, so when you're checking the ceiling, and the DM's rolling back there. Right. Like, what the hell's going on? That's exactly right. Everybody checked. So you oh. So now it's got to be like check for margoyles. That's the new thing. You have check for mar- yeah, exactly. Not only piercers and um, streakers, because of course streakers would alert the margoyles and the piercers you're coming. How do I? Okay, so let's say, look. I don't like a twenty percent chance of detecting a margoyle. That's not good. Right. So what do I do? So like, like let's say, how how does our party protect ourselves? You send the gnome illusionist ahead, the rope on him. And the, okay, now you're the gnome. What do you do? Cast. <laughs> that takes care of you if you're not the gnome. What do you cast? You cast Phantasmal Force of a gnome moving into the room and see if they attack Oh, him. I gotcha. That's a good one. Right. Gnome thief trying to be silent. So that they'll be silent. They're going to go, oh, he's being silent. But that's a lot. There's a lot of caverns. I guess you should rest a lot. You throw food in there. Mm-hmm. If they get attracted by it. Dead goblin that you had, or you—that's why we capture goblins and send them in, right? Or, or right? Or you could have like a little familiar, send them in. Yeah, anything, anything to release the trap. Exactly. Got it. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, all right, all right. I've uh, because gargoyles are they hard to detect? No, they're not. So they're just sort of like hanging out on like the library steps, kind of stuff, right? Or on like the uh, the castle walls. That's right. These monsters, this is on page 42, these monsters are ferocious predators of a magical nature. They are typically found amidst ruins and dwelling in underground caverns. So they both like caverns. Yeah. They love, to best to, they love best to torture prey to death when it is helpless. Well, yeah. See, that's better. What, how many appearing? Gargoyles. A two to 16. Ooh. There's more of them. So that's pretty. These are two to eight. But they, uh, they do way more. These margoyles do way more damage. Yeah, and they're harder to detect. Yes. Okay, I like it. All right, so there's the margoyle. Um, low intelligence. Yep. What's there's, the intelligence of a gargoyle? I think it's pretty good. Low. Oh, wow. What's uh, Lyman's chaotic evil on the margoyle? Yep. yep, same thing. Okay. All right. 30%, 30% in Lara. That's weird. Versus 20 for a gargoyle. Wait, that's weird for both of them. Yeah, where are they going? Yeah, I thought the lair, I mean, isn't the lair the runes? Isn't the lair the cave? Yeah. You'd think. So maybe they're floating around to try to get other things. So the margoyles just, yeah, what? That's, oh. So it's like margoyles. They're coming? Right. Coming out of the ruins to attack, or the caverns. Feast on flesh, human flesh, which of course is everyone's preferred delicacy. Well, yeah, this one doesn't say that, does it? No. But the other one, margoyles are sometimes found with their lesser king gargoyles. As either masters or leaders. Okay, now that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like the boss. Yeah. So if you're gonna do a if you're gonna do a group of gargoyles, you probably add them. So now what you do is you add the margoyle. It's like if you're gonna have what the uh, the ghouls, you add right. the gas. Right. Exactly. They're the gas of gargoyles. <laughs> that's right. Okay. They're the boss. Boss margoyle. Okay. I got it. But there's two. So there's two bosses. So yeah, there's Angela typical. and Tony. Who's right. the boss? Well, maybe it's a married couple. No. Who do you think was the boss? Angela or Tony? Oh, Angela was the boss. Clearly. Right. Okay. Um, 
All right. So now, the, so what is the problem for the Margo? What do you mean the problem? Well, you mean in terms of fighting oh, the... The stone gall. Well, does it need... It needs to be hit by what? Plus two or magic or something? That, that's correct. And but I can be certain hit dice. That's right. But I'm probably not enough. That is that's what we gotta look up. Okay, so six hit dice. So this is the rule that if you are if you are a a creature or or a player character, right? Of nope. su just a creature, creature of sufficient hit dice, you can do that in lieu of having a so magical weapon. Age seventy five. Of the DMG. And it has the asterisk, which is why the asterisk is so important. Creatures struck only by magic weapons. Despite special defenses which protect certain creatures from attacks by non-magical weapons, these monsters can be effectively hit by attackers as follows. Fender is hit by weapon plus one, can only be hit by weapon of plus one or better, or hit dice of four plus one or more with the asterisk, says this does not apply to characters of any sort. Right. Plus two is plus two or better, or Six plus two hit dice or more. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Can I have you? Give me, give me plus two. Come on, come on. Oh, this, this is an emergency. So I need it just this one time. <laughs> this, is, this is one time, okay? This is an emergency. I'll take the penalty. I'll take the penalty. I'll take the non-proficiency. I'll, I'll, I'll strike it non-proficiency. <laughs> I won't take any experience this round. James. I'll take a poor performance this round. Yes, I love Gene Wells. <laughs> I'll, I'll join your call. All hail Gene Wells. That's right. So, the problem for the so it says for Gollum that normal weapons. In fact, this requires plus two or greater enhancement to damage. But wait, oh wait, 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 wait a second. Hold on, hold on. Margo, hang on. I'm found with stuff. Only wait. The low intelligence of this creature does not prevent it from gathering value items. Particularly those magical swords which would harm it. Okay. Don't I get to roll on my treasure type to see if I have a weapon that I can use? Um. No, God! Yes, of course you can. Thank you. What's my treasure type? Well, you are know. you in, first of all, are you in lair? Oh, we got it. Oh, that's good. Well, oh. I love how they have treasure. Like, they have pockets. Apparently they do. <laughs> What's in your pocket? <laughs> I mean, why are they traveling? Where is they're it? Holding, maybe they're holding it in their hand. They took it off the dead body, and now they're heading back. And this is ridiculous, because there's only a 30% chance I'm a lair. That's ridiculously low. Margoyles are not like, you know, Travel, they're rolling nomadic. Stone. They're rolling <laughs> stone. They're rolling stone. They're traveling here, there, that's, and everywhere. That's his name. I hope he wins. Rolling Stone. All, All right, right, so you have to have a 30% chance. To have a, have a Q. Is that good? Wait, to see in lair. See good? I don't know. It's okay. better than it's better than Q. Oh, I'm sure that's true. All right, here we go. Come on, big money. Low, low thirty or less. Uh, Fifty-five. Uh, that is. All right, so now we have to go to Q. Oh, that's what's the odds that I'm carrying around a plus two sword? Ah. pretty low. Pretty low. Q, I think, is just gems or something. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I got it! Wow. That is scary. What? You look up Q. Yeah, just, yeah it is scary. Yep, fifty percent chance. Like this matters. Oh, maybe I could. Oh, I'm gonna bribe. I'm gonna. I'm gonna parlay. <laughs> bribe the automaton. The automaton. No, this. Fifty-three. I missed it. You have no treasure. 
Stone Golem's very upset. He was looking for some treasure to get some XP to become a super Stone Golem, level two Stone Golem. It was a now. shakedown. He was now he's he's really angry. Okay. Because I like where there's always there's always somebody above you, right? So like, I meet him. I'm like, really? Right. He's like, give me turn out your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first we have to roll for surprise. Now the good news for you is that. You're undetected 80% of the time. Okay. Oh, you think you might just walk on by. Right. Walk on by. And then you can just, then you can decide if you're going to surprise. So I have an 80%, I have 20%, 81 or above, I actually see you. Okay. I have no idea. I'm walking by. Now you have a low intelligence. Oh, that's true. We should do an intelligence roll. What's no. your, your line? You're neutral, right? You're like, I'm uh, neutral. Yeah, I don't care. Now, what I will say. Yes. Because it says, but Margoyle is a particularly horrid form of gargoyle found principally in natural caves. If you go to gargoyle, yes. it says, they will attack anything they detect, regardless of whether it's good or evil, 90% of the time. Just anything? Anything. Wow. So you have to roll less than a 90%. So you're applying that to the Margoyle. Well, it says they're a particularly hard form. I should actually make it 95% because they're a particularly hard form of gargoyle. Well, if it was 90%, then it should be 90% of the remaining 10%, so it should be 99%. Okay, if you'd like to do that, I like that even better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, if you're doing divine intervention before you're doing divine intervention. There's a 99% share. I mean, yes, yeah, so there's like no intelligence. Right. Well, wait, just... wait, wait, wait. What did it say? Attack what? Hold on. What did it say? Regardless, it will attack anything they detect. Oh, Re anything they detect, not anything living. Right. Regardless of whether it's good or evil. They don't care. In other words, it's not if it's a goblin. They will attack anything they detect. It's like a cat. What are children? It's like attack like right. a the, book. The red light. When they see the red light, yeah. they're attacking. Right. They don't care. Or there's a book. They attack it. Right. There's a dice tray. They poop in it. Right. They don't care. All right. I'm like a cat. Okay. Got it. So I, I will give you, if you roll 90% or above, we'll, we'll think. We'll, we'll discuss we'll it. We'll discuss it. Let's, let's see. We'll negotiate. You, yeah. 60 So you're automatically going to. I can't help myself. Right. You have to attack. Power of attack. Well, because you're, you're an evil creature. You want to attack anything that moves. Yeah. So that is pretty horrible. So and you're, you walk and in, you're kind of stupid, too, apparently. So when you walk into that cave. So, so the stone giant doll is just like, you idiot, right. Margoyles. Margoyles, really? Idiots. You're an idiot. All right, but I will, see, I will give you surprise. Let me see. Let's see. I'm going to say it's 80% uh, is one in five. You're surprised for two segments. Wow. You have two segments to do whatever you Nothing. Do. I mean, why attack? even roll? But I can't, I can't yeah, do can't any do damage. That's right. You attack them. Right. Now it's initiative. But so, well, ah, but wait a second. Okay, can I roll? Well, we'll do initiative because I like to roll my intelligence at, for the next round. Okay. Because obviously, you know, well, when they you've cast, attacked. And so, from the letter of the law, you've done what the, excuse me, the book says. But now you could kick in your intelligence and go, gee, I did nothing to this stone creature. I, perhaps I should not attack you. Right, because I'm not like a total idiot. Well, you have to roll your intelligence. I will give you that. Right, okay. All right. So, so it's initiative. I rolled a one. I'm going to get my attack in. Oh, boy. But your AC is good. I think your AC is pretty good. It's a two. Right. Yeah, because I'm very stone. You're stony. Yeah. 
Uh, Stone Golem is only 14 hit dice. Why, why with move? It says MC colon C. Well, we're going to learn about that. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. Multiple choice answer, C? It's what we're talking about later this afternoon. The different... Oh, it's maneuver. It's aerial combat, C. <laughs> this is for Dan. No, when I told him we were going to do... Yeah. No, we are going to do aerial no, combat. No. <laughs> yeah, do we need to get out the hex? All right, so 14 hit dice. Uh, AC2. He needs a six with AC2. Okay. Four. He missed. He missed. You only get one attack? One attack. Really? What do you do? You just kind of like plug at me? (laughs) All right, so now you can make your intelligence check. You're like a big slow boxer, big heavyweight. I'm like the the, the George Sockums. Yeah. Sockums. Like George Foreman. Right. Hey, he, but if you hit five to seven, so first figure out what your intelligence is. Okay. My intelligence. Oh, I'm a seven. seven. You're you're a pretty smart margoyle. Yeah, I'm like like knuckles. Okay. So all right. Oh, so okay. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to parlay and beg forgiveness. I probably speak stone, stonely, stonent. So yes, I am going to parlay. It's my only chance. Or I could play dead. Hmm. Gonna play dead? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna parlay. After all my charisma. Okay. Well, what are you doing? You did you roll your intelligence? Oh wait, I just. Oh wait, no, I, that's right. I gotta do my ability check here. Okay. Right. You're gonna see if you're gonna do something besides attack. Do you know? I can't remember what it was, but somewhere in one of the Trinity, I saw there was there's either some spell or somewhere where there is you do an ability check because you know the the. The argument is that there's no there's no reference to ability checks right. anywhere in the book. But there is what, some spell. I can't remember what it was, but you had to roll like whatever. You had to like roll below your strength or so somewhere. I wish I'd marked it. There is a in the a, Trinity somewhere in the Trinity. Interesting. Like in a spell, you know, it's like a little hidden place, you know, location. You know, like a you spell know, if we had something. PDFs, we could probably find this. Right. What's a PDF? I don't know. Eighteen. Quite the. I'm I'm I'm, I'm attacking. You're attacking. I'm attacking. Yeah. All right, so you attacked. So now it's initiative. Well, this is just this is just going to go on forever. Well, it's not going on forever because I'm going to smash you at some point. Do I get an intelligence? Well, I get an intelligence roll probably each time. If you'd like. Well, at a certain point, I would flee. I don't know. Why would you? Why wouldn't I? Because you're attacking. Maybe oh, I mean not this round. You would think. Oh, that's right. Because I don't. Know I just need to keep attacking. Have you seen dumb people who keep doing the All same right, thing? Well, I should get an intelligence check each time. I'll I'll give you one in a couple of rounds because maybe you've you've. You've encouraged yourself now. I should get like a. You haven't been hit yet. I should subtract one in a good way on my ability checks each you, time more I get hit. hit. Okay. So now roll d20. I'm sorry, roll d6. I apologize. Right, well, you lost initiative. So now I'm, I was reminded, which we did last time, I cast slow on you. Oh, jeez. So now it's interesting. So here's, oh, I'm going to provide a fun fact, kind of a tease to what we're going to talk about uh, later. I cast slow on you. So what does slow do? I move at 50%, I believe. I believe, right? You move half your movement. Right. And that means I'm attacking, what, once every other round? Well, you attack half your attacks, which is how many attacks you get. Oh, that's true. I do have. Uh, oh, is that? Oh, you don't think it's, is it half or is it three every other round? I have three. You get four, I think. I have four. You're right. Where's, wait, what's the? Where, where? You have a horn, two claws, and a bite. Oh, yeah, two claws. Oh, yeah, the pair of horn. Wow. So I'm just all... So when you're attacked by a margoyle, you're getting wailed on. <laughs> you really are. So slow. Jeez. 
causes one a move and attack one half movement. Why is this important, Dan? So your movement is um, I fly? half. Well, you are. I assume you were flying. I assume you flew down. Uh, I'm going down. That's what you're saying. Well, but there's a rule in aerial combat yes. that if you you cannot move. For, for wing creatures, you can't move a certain speed less than that. That's why I'm going to check again. Well, and this would have been, wait, but I would have just come on through. If you're going to do aerial combat now, I just like, I you bust attack. you. Yeah, you attack and you. I'm, I'm going away. Right. And you, come, you keep coming around. Right. Because you're a jerk. Because you want to keep attacking because you think I'm, I'm easy pickings. How dare you uh, think I'm going to attack? But yeah, so in page. Uh, so something here for you cannot move. Was it half your movement, and then you have to keep fly, you have anyone less than class C? Because this is bad. Creatures moving at half. Um, where is it? I read this yesterday. Wing creatures cannot move less at less than one half speed and remain airborne. So oh, at last. So you're you're at half. So you can't slow down. If you slow down any further, right, you would have to land. Right. So just FYI. I'm like barely making it. Right. You're like. My engine's sputtering. Right, Smoke's coming out. Oh, just, just remember that. So uh, I cast slow and you're going to attack me. At some point. Yeah, you attack and you miss. Now it's an issue again. So are you going to do, I attack every, oh, well, I'm going to like take a couple rounds just to come around. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so now it's an issue. Next okay. time we're together. Roll the one. All right, you get your two attacks at Wait. miss. Wait, no, I get my intelligence check. You haven't been hit yet. I'm going to give you an intelligence check when you get hit. Okay. All right. Because you have no reason to flee. Okay, so, all right. Okay. Right? You're, you haven't been hurt. Okay, fair enough. Are you going to attack? Well, what else would I do? No, you, I assume you attack and miss. You want to roll? It's no. Because yeah. um, it won't matter until I hit. Now I hit you. Hearing dice roll is good for podcasting. Let's... <laughs> Ooh, great. Okay, you take 17 points of damage. Now you need to figure out your hit points. You're a jerk. I have six hit dice. Are you saying that... James, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you didn't wait for that one. 25, baby. All right, so you've taken 17. You have eight points left. Now it's... Oh, wait a second. But now you have to land. I can't fly. That's what right. happens? Right. Wait, I get extra. I get, like, these, like, uh, extra... Oh, yeah, because like the you, have a, you have a... Le- well, it's the inverse. Instead of, like, le- doing fewer points when you, someone pummels, see the, you get higher. See, we were worried about how aerial combat would work and how we tie it in. It just ties in itself. Oh, so we've checked that box. No, we're Is that what you're saying? Going. We're going to keep going, but we have to go. We have to do more. But you can use this. You can draw on this combat. Right, you can draw on this combat. So under damage on page 53, a winged creature which sustains damage greater than 50% of its hit points will be unable to maintain flight and must land. Any winged creature which sustains more than 75 will not be able to control its fall and will plummet plummet to the ground. How much? I done 16 out of 25? 15 out of 25 is 3 out of 5, 60%. What? Yeah, you took 17. It would be 20. It would be 20 out of... 75%. 20 would be 80. I hate math. It's out of 5. Did I have 25 hit points? You had 25 hit points. So 20 out of 25 would be 80%. That's right. I I think I've just got to land. You have to land. Right. I'm going right. Now, the only thing is feathered wings are not as easy to damage. You do not have feathered wings. No. You have bat wings, if I remember correctly, or stone wings. So, uh, anyway, 
So they'll make an emergency. Oh, emergency landing. Should I call that? I better like, make a call down to the radio tower. Yeah, radio tower and let them know. Emergency landing. Is there a clearing? I, there better be. I can't circle. You can't circle. I'm landing now. Hang on. Is there a place to land? Yes or no, right? You land on a stag, stalagmite, or tight, whichever one it is. There is a place to land. Okay, Thank good. God. So you've landed. All right. So now you're, now you're moving at half rate on the ground. What's your movement on the ground? Oh. It is a... Oh, my God. It's six. So now it's a three. What are you? I'm a six, at least. This is like a See? really slow... This is a boring <laughs> boxing match. Slow-moving train wreck. This is... Uh, this is... This is so first edition. Oh. There you go. There you go. So, golf. Uh, I move at three. Yeah, I move at six. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you had a land. Right. Now you can make your intelligence check. Yeah, because this, I'm not sure yet, but I think this sucks. Yeah. Two. Two. You're going to try to run. Great. My three. <laughs> I, I feel like I see you holding me by the back of my shirt collar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like running. So, you cannot outrun him. Okay. Um, so, no. But we can go to the pursuit rules if you'd like. You may have a chance, except you're not out of sight. So you're going you're gonna to be gained on. So, so we're declaring? We're declaring. So you're, I'm going to even give you your 30 feet away. So I'm going to have to move towards you. And okay, that's how that crash landing. You kind of landed yeah. far away. Right. right. So now it's initiative. You're going to run, I assume? Yeah. I hope okay. there's a place. To run. We're in a dungeon. We're in a dungeon? You're in a dungeon. Yeah, all right. I'm running. All right, so roll initiative. You're running. I'm coming towards you. Three. I'm actually charging you. Three, simultaneous. So okay. I would, being that I'm moving twice as fast as you, eventually I would be able to attack you. I was going to say, could it, the pursuit rules. I yes, mean, we have to go to the pursuit rules now. Uh, Your other pursuit, favorite thing. The pursuit rules, they... Okay, so when do the pursuit rules apply? Any pursuit, I assume. What's the page number? Uh, you, you're breaking off melee first. I am. Anytime the creature decides can break off, and that's when you... Page. It's on page 70. Attack is calculated, so this is if, if I get a rear attack. Now, moving on to pursuit, it is on page 67. So the two rules that we're dealing with now is he has to decide he's fleeing. If, he, if I'm near him and he flees, I get a attack. A rear attack at plus two automatically. But you said no. You said I was like 30 feet away. I know, but I've, I won initially. Simultaneous, oh. So I've moved towards you now. Oh, I see. So you're going to, okay. So you're, but if you win initiative, then we'll have to go to pursuit rules next time. Okay. So if any elect to retreat or flee from an encounter, a possible pursuit situation arises. Oh. Okay, good. I see here there's like pages of, uh, for us to go through. Right. Whether or not pursuit will actually take place is dependent upon the following. One, if the matrix or key, if the matrix or key, what's, oh, where's the, there's a matrix or key? Where's the matrix or key? If the matrix or I, key. I assume that's something you made up as far as pre, ahead of time, if they, for the, that the monsters in question, that you have your random encounters that or encounters that say they're going to pursue or not. That's very interesting because, yeah, yes. we don't, I don't know what that means. Or the monster manual so states the pursuit will certainly occur. Okay. So are you pursuing? So would, would a stone golem pursue? No. Oh, well, then it's over. Yeah, except I'm still attacking until you flee. If the monster monsters encounter are semi-intelligent or under, hungry, angry, aggressive, and or trained, to do, then pursuit will be 80% likely 
to occur. Yeah, we don't know what your marching orders are. We don't know what you, what were you told when you were made? I'm a, I'm a rogue golem. I was made with my master's gun. That's why we're running amok. I'm just, oh, that's right. What happens when you go amok? You just go amok. I'm a psychotic golem. I just go murder things. Well, then you're angry and aggressive. Okay. Well, then there's an 80% chance you're going to chase what you, and what I like it is you got to roll a D10. Right. You can't roll percentile, it says. It's got to be a D10. So there's a one in eight chance that you are going to uh, follow me. Or of low intelligence, but otherwise, because your intelligence is non, right? Yes, I have no intelligence. So you're number two. I am number two. So since you are ag angry and aggressive. Right. Yeah, you're like Frankenstein, basically. Right. We talked about this. Yeah. yeah, I'm a psychopath. I have no, I have, I'm just a killing machine. Right. It's a good movie. It is. Stone Gollum. Stone Gollum. Dun, dun, dun. Stone Gollum. He's angry and aggressive. He's hungry. He's semi, he's non-intelligent, hungry, angry, and aggressive. Stone Gollum. 80%. Or, but this is the opposite of the Benny Hill chase. Slow version. I need a slow version. Of yeah, you know what would be funny? He's... 80% chance likely to chase you. You know, it'd be funny then in the movies, it's like the Rocky Horror, like someone goes running, they people go running through, like in the middle of the right. movie, yeah, exactly. somebody goes and run, ah, right, run through the stone golem. All right, so I'm going to see if he's going to chase Stone golem. No. No. I see Spinal Tap saying this. Stone golem. Stone golem. <laughs> he's 80% chance <laughs> to come after you and kill you, stone golem. All right, well, that's no awesome. One. That's right. right, he ran. Yes, so far away. He ran. So you you kept you move at three away, slowly, yeah. and that's it. That's it. That's so the stone end. golem is still the winner. Okay. Another exciting episode of no one being killed. Yeah, he's won multiple times now. This is number three. Okay, he's yeah, he might be a champ. Okay. Uh, stone golem defeats Margoel. Sort of. Sort of. Grows disinterested. Grows <laughs> <laughs> uninterested. <laughs> <laughs> he was running away. He's like, man. He's bored. It's like, so, uh, I made my point. Exactly. <laughs> He's one of my own. That's right. What a guy. One day you'll be, one day you'll be a stone so, they are talking about weapon proficiency. There's all kinds of stuff. Well, why would I, they pay attention to what we're doing? I know. That's great. I'm glad they're not. I'm glad. So we're basically just a, basically a Discord channel at this point. Right. Yeah. Got People it. are here to just, we, we throw topics out there, which is perfect. I love that. Right. All right. Now. It's like a bar. <laughs> exactly. We're. A tavern. It's, it's a tavern that we're just providing the form. Right. Like a form for the market. Right. Very good. We are now ready for Artifact Roadshow. Okay. Exactly. Are Dan and James still there? No. We're here. <laughs> like, Does anyone care? That's the more. 3 p.m. They're still talking. That's right. Shows Does over. anyone care? Yes. They care. Somebody. Exclamation. Somebody cares lot, out there. Do a lot of people care? No. no. It's more than one. It's more than one. Okay. So less, this... less than the mounts out there. All right. Artifact Roadshow. Right. So don't we even mute, don't we? Oh my goodness. You, oh my god. Thank goodness you're here. This is the segment of the show where I bring an item, which I hope is an artifact, to James, who is in Baba Yaga's hut, right. to try to identify it, but without the use of an identification spell. Right. To also give a gold piece value. So Last time you stumped me, I was I was close, but I was not. I did, could not figure it out. Well, Rob stumped you. Well, Rob stumped me. Was it me? Oh yeah. Really? That's Dan, Rob, Dan. whatever. Who are it's you? Three three letter co-hosts. Be anyway. Yeah. Jack the dog. <laughs> Jack. Chat GPT. 
So, for the sake of efficiency, which seems counterintuitive to what we do here, Dan had rolled off scene, off, off uh, screen, off kilter, uh, the item that he is bringing. That is right, because it. Uh, this was a suggestion from a viewer, and it was a very good one. So, all right, there it is. Hang on, let me get to it. So I do have to just turn to it. So, uh, hello, hello. Well, hello. Welcome to Artifact Roadshow. And you see a man, and he's sitting with a Robin Hood mask hat. Yes. With a little tiny white feather, and the hat is green. Oh, my goodness. And, yes. Hello. What brings you out of the forest today? Like, I haven't heard that one before. (laughs) Hilarious. What is your name, uh, uh, Robin? (laughs) My name is John. John. Yeah, little John or big? Is your big John or a little John? I haven't heard that one before either. Okay, <laughs> having a good time. Good time. Well, I'm in this walking bird for you know crossing the uh, Grog Empire. I got to keep myself entertained. But yes, how may I help you today? Okay, so uh, right, so uh, so uh, I used to have a well, I still do have a, a friend of mine. He's okay. actually he's my priest. Oh. And friendly with the clergy. Good. Well, of course. Okay. Everyone's got to have a deity. It's required. Yes. Okay. There's no atheists in first edition, sir. They, 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 well, they can, they can be anti-theists, but they can't be atheists. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about that. Well, I didn't know if this was a philosophy session or you're here to show me an artifact. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll move things along. So this priest, my priest, mm-hmm. he comes up to me after a service. Right. Come here. In the forest? No. Is he a druid? No, and I'm not. I'm not a satyr or a fawn or a, a pixie or a nymph. So sprite. He no. He come. He no. He comes up to me, and he, I, I thought I was in trouble. Yeah. Obviously. Typically, right? if they're calling, they're asking you to stay after service. That's usually not a good sign. Right. Nothing good can come from that. Right. Taming the acolyte. <laughs> Just disciplining the disciplining. acolyte. Disciplining the acolyte. Like I'm in trouble because that happened before. Yeah. Like here we go again. Ooh. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I'm not here to hear about that. But go ahead. Uh, once again, so I was very relieved. Right. To find out, no, that's not what was going on. Oh, good. Yeah, thank God. Right. Yeah, yeah. So no, he says no, 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 not that. Because I'm like, he's like, no, 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 not that. That's Tuesday. So yeah. So I uh, saw. So, right. So. <laughs> so he says no, no, no. He says uh, yeah, I got a, uh, I got a problem. Oh. I'd like, of course, father. I'd help you out. So he says that, well, he tells me that what he would do is he would go around to, say, yard sales, date sales, secondhand stores, mm-hmm. and he would cast Dispel Magic to identify magical items. Spell magic? I'm sorry. I'm okay. not good with, yeah, is that, is that not right? No. Not. Okay, well, it started why with is he it doing that as a magic. A, why is he doing magic. that instead of trying to convert more people to his deity. That just seems like not something a priest would do. Well, we don't judge the priest. The priest, the priest, you know, we don't question the priest. So he would seems cast, interesting, detect okay. magic, and he would then discover magical items. But what happened was, apparently, mm-hmm. people got wise to this. So right. what happened was, every time he would go in there, if he wanted to buy something, they would charge him a lot of money because they assumed... Right. He knew it was magic. So he would go to a yard sale. Correct. 
cast the spell, right. then buy something from the person selling it, not letting them know that uh, the item was magical, that had some Dwemer. He would just go, oh, this is... Uh, <laughs> This dagger's normal, but it's glowing. No, that's just... I, I, I asked my deity. So, wow, this is very interesting. You, you find this not a problem at all. He's the brace. He will keep my... Wow. This was the guy you've been disciplining. <laughs> it's, it's, you got to remember... I was just relieved. I was relieved it was just that. Right. I mean, I was not going to question him. Based upon what happened in the past, I thought it was not <laughs> wise to question him. Yeah, so it, it is all sort of making sense now that you say it, you know? So, okay. Are you sure you're, are, are you there voluntarily? Or is there, you know, there's, sounds like you're in a cult. Well, once again, I had read this book. <laughs> By Jim Ward, and I had gotten the impression that everyone was required to have some sort of deal. Well, I mean, my DM the, said I had to have a deal. There's more than one, though. You, you can pick other ones. I'm, I'm, I see this has really upset you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is very traumatic. This is now a counseling session. It's okay. That's a counseling session. Yes. Don't your, touch me. It's not your oh fault. Oh my God. It's not That's your, where you touch me. It's not your, <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> this stranger danger. Danger stranger. Yeah, I'm going to give you this gnome. He's disciplining me. I definitely need to speak tell to me manager. Where, tell me where the, your priest... Uh, I'm being assaulted. <laughs> tell me I'm where. being assaulted. Tell me where, tell me where he hurt you. Tell I me. need a safe zone. This oh, is not a safe space. Oh. I thought this... I was told Baba Yaga's hut was a safe space. No, it's actually a place of torture. But, okay. Uh, okay, so... So, okay, so... What happened then was... So he's now wanting you to fence the stuff that he uh, manipulated poor peasants out of. Well, because what I said to him, I said, oh, well, so you're upset because you'd go in to buy just like a normal item, and they'd overcharge you. He gotten, It was so prevalent, he's gotten a reputation, and now they're charging him. Everything he wants to buy. Right. And, but, but, but he said, no, 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 that's not the problem. Oh. He said, the problem is now that I can't buy stuff that's magical at a low price. Right. So he says, this is where I need your help, son. Okay. And that's when he put, that's why he so put he, his hand on my knee. Hand on knee at that Traumatic point. when yes. he just did that to me. Right. So I said, well, of course, Father, yes. <laughs> as I always say. Yes, okay. <laughs> I don't want to be disciplined. That's right. That's what he said. He said, you don't want to be disciplined, do you? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, sir. No, no, no. no, sir. Wow. So I said, how can I help? Yeah. And he said, well, what you need to do then is I'm going to go in first, and then I don't buy anything. I come out, and I tell you what you're going to go in and then buy. I said, yes, sir. So we went. To this second. Oh, question. so it's some kind of now it's a gang <laughs> thing where he, you, he goes in, looks at it, and then you come back and buy the exact same things after that. I got gotcha. you. That's what he told me. To okay. Know. He's the father. He's so priest. this is like uh, uh, Oliver Twist now at this point. Yeah. Shin, he's like Shane Fane, whatever this guy's name yes, is. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's, that's, I said, yes, sir. So we went to a secondhand store. And the, you know, uh, and uh, it was called uh, a Treasure Type Q is the name of the store. Uh-huh. And we w- he went into Treasure Type Q, and he came out, and he said, okay. He said, you're going to go in, and you're going to see a green hat. It'll look like something Robin Hood. Right. Or have a little white feather. Green hat. I want you to buy that. And I said, you got it. 
So I went in there and I bought the hat. And you know, it was in a secondhand store. And and I noticed it had it had it's a Raspberry Beret. A raspberry Prince. And th- and it I noticed that it had had a little a little tear in it. Ah. Because I was I I, I I was, he gave me, uh, he gave me a silver piece. But what I knew is what I was going to do, because I, I was going to try to haggle Ooh. and keep the change. Oh, wow. See what I'm doing there? Yeah. Doing there, a little, a little compensation. A little John, a little change for little John. Well, a little compensation for past harm. Right. <laughs> I felt I deserved it. Oh, right. yeah, of course. Was I wrong in that? No, no, I like it. Yeah, that's, that's, I like it. It's good. So, great. So I, so I, so I, I said this is I would like this, but I, I, you know, it's got a little rep tear. So I did negotiate down, and I bought it, and I came out and I brought him the hat, and then that's I thought we were done with it, and so then what happened was, I saw him, and he told me after the next service. That I could teach. He was giving me the hat, mm. which I thought was strange because it was magical. Right. And he said he he did not think. He said something had gone wrong because he said what happened was he had brought it into his his tailor, who was actually also a magic user, but his his secondary skill was Taylor Weaver. Taylor Weaver. Taylor wow. Weaver. Nice. That was also his name, strangely. Taylor Weaver. Yes. <laughs> and he said what this guy does is. He first casts a men's spell. Well, of course. The most it, powerful spell known to anyone. Because why would he waste his time on, on the materials? And apparently, well, I've heard it doesn't work on magic items. Is that true? Well, I, what are you asking me for? How, how do I know? Well, apparently you know how, how to detect magic items and no, negotiate. No, no, no. I don't know anything about detecting magic items. That was the priest. Well, I understand. I'm good at haggling. Yeah. Because my secondary skill is gambling. Okay. And how much, how much did you get the uh, hat for? I got the hat for so what they so. I I gave him a silver piece, and I said, "Look, I want I want this to be half a silver piece." And they said, "Okay." And so he gave me a copper piece, which he told me two copper pieces equals a silver piece. So I oh. said, "Thank you, sir." So that was that was good. So I got it for half a silver piece. Sharp. <laughs> smart. And so what happened was, he said, "Well, apparently this was mend magically, and that must mean." It's not magical. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but so I've got this hat now, mm-hmm. and I didn't really, I, I, I didn't know about this, whether men are true or not. So what I did was I put it on, and I was very disappointed. Mm. Nothing, nothing happened. So when well, my buddy said, well, it's probably a helm of flying. Right. So did you jump? jump? I did. You're okay. Off a lover's clip. Well, fortunately, my DM, it was 20 feet. But fortunately, my DM plays it by the book Uh and only does two die six. He didn't do three die six. Wow. So I actually get two ones. I have three hit points. Wow. That's incredible. So I live. Most people don't survive. I know. Thieves have fallen 20 feet to their deaths. I know. So I've got this. So so I've got this hat. And I, I think it is. I know. I think it is magical. I think it has to be. Okay. And that's all I know Can about Can I look it. at the hat now? Sure. All right. So uh, I don't know if the hat is worth anything. Have you, what do you think about this feather? 
Have you seen anything about the feather? Have you tried to use it for anything? Why would I like from a bird? Why do you? Well, you maybe it, maybe it's maybe the feather is magical. Feathers can be magical. Anything could be magical. Wow! Is this Disney? <laughs> this is Disney. Land of magic. False <laughs> or or the uh, the priest's back room is also magical too. So there you go. Uh, oh, I never that never crossed that never crossed my mind. Well, maybe you should try to look at the feather and see if it does something. Okay. I don't feel different. <laughs> Did I do something with it? Well, I it, so, I, so um, you know, it looks like the, the rip has is, is been mended, but that should mean that hat's normal hat. So maybe it's a, I, I'm guessing possibly this is a Qual's feather token or Qual's token of feather or something like that. It's, I don't remember exactly all the random. What, is that, what does that do? Uh... That's a great question. Can I test? Can I try it out? What should I, should I do? Something to figure you should out? try to put it in ink and see if you can write it. Okay. See what happens. No, I don't know how to write. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a magic? Did, did the hat have a, war, a command word in this? We look inside the thing. Made in China. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now, where is that? Never heard of it. So I'm going to guess it's a Qual's feather token. Okay, but, but what, you don't know what to do. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, I, I've not, you know, this is stupid beyond my thing. stupid James. And I think it's worth uh, 1,500 gold pieces. So you did well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, equal to about uh, 10 copper pieces. So, oh. So, yeah. all right. So if you give me 10 copper pieces, I'll sell it to you. All right, here you go. There you go. Thank you so yeah, much. All right, wow. I got 10 copper pieces. You're a good man. How much should I? Well, I guess I don't have to insure it anymore. Well, if we we'll put on consignment for you, and if we make more money, we'll figure it out. But I think it has, I th I think it allows you to write scrolls if that one, or maybe it can produce something else, or maybe you can fly a bird. I forgot what it does. Well, not mine anymore. It's That's your right. problem, it's buddy. My problem. Yeah. All right. Congratulations. You were correct. Wow, sir. That is, in fact, it was one of Qual's feather tokens, and it was. So a it is a feather token. It's a small magical device of various forms to suit a special need. And this one was free. Oh, I didn't know which one it was. A token which causes a great oak to spring into being. Six-foot diameter trunk. Glad we didn't do that. Inside. Now, what's interesting, and of course, there's whip, there's fan, there's bird, there's anchor, there's swan boat. What, it, you, what you kind of got to was the fact that it doesn't indicate in here how you activate them. So I, I Googled this, the people talking about it, and mm. people seem to think, at least for the tree, is that you maybe you, you throw it on the ground. Yeah, now that's just the what they say, but you, yeah. but, but you were, so you were, you, you put your thumb on the problem, which is that, well, I don't know if it's a problem, but it doesn't tell you how they're used. And what's interesting is that each is only usable but once. Mm. So now the question becomes, what particular use? <laughs> what good is it? I mean, you, you get a tree. I mean, maybe you want a tree, right? I mean, right. trees are expensive. Yeah. Right? And you got a 60-foot one. Right? So, you know, that's... But, so, you know, I don't know what use... Again, I need to remember these, because I think it would be fun to give a guy... This would be good in a tournament adventure, wouldn't it? Right. It's a one-shot. It's a one-shot. It's ridiculous, right? It's a tree. So see if they can find some sort of use for a tree. Or a whip or whatever the other one. Or a whip. Right. There's a whip, right? A huge leather whip. So that's what the uh, that's what the priest had. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, 
right. has a whole quiver full of them. A swan boat, which is hilarious. Well, you know, so it's interesting. If you have an adventure, say like a turn adventure, and they have to go through a body of water, then, you know, the token of the swan boat right. is nice, right? A huge floating fan, the strong breed. They sound almost like uh, cantrips. Yeah. Like can't token. Well, and I appreciate that not all, because again, the DMG has completely broken magic items, normal, and then has this kind of stuff. It's like, really? This, you took up space? It's very, I'm sure it's influenced by some work of fiction that they enjoyed. I think, yeah, okay. But yeah, so it, it would be fun to just to give somebody like a, oh, well, there's a bird token. It, it drives off any, any sort of hostile avian creature. Oh, that'd be good. Or is a vehicle transportation equal to a rock? Now, that's a one-day duration. Now, that's good. Yeah, flying a, a rock is amazing. Yeah, that's really, yeah. It's like, I got the tree. That's really good. The tree's not that great. Well, I like this. No, the tree's not that great. I like the swan boat is funny because it's a swan boat. Right. Perfect. Right? Because okay. you're in there when we're, um, when we did that, uh, what do you call it? The tournament adventure, they had to go on a water boat. That would have been perfect for that. That would have been. I could see using, I think it'd be funny to use a swan boat on like the River Styx. Yeah. <laughs> swan boat on the River Styx. That's a good album cover, that's a, too. That's right. Right? Can you see that album swan cover? Swan boat in the River Styx. The band's in the uh, swan boat. <laughs> like the picture when you're, when you're at the Disney? Yes, exactly. So, and the, uh, yeah, you were actually very good on the money. How much did you say? 1500 You were... You were called, no, it's 500 slash 1,000. I'm assuming which one? the tree is 500. Give me a break. It, it, there's, not a, there's not only a 500 gold piece difference between the rock and the tree. Well, either that or maybe you get more than one. Does it say it comes with a number of them or is it just an individual one? Sometimes that's based on. I think it was just one. But okay, so there it is. So very good. You did a, you did a great job. That was, that was really, I'm like, okay, if it's not the hat, you gave me a clue with the hat. That was good. So yeah. that helped. But. All right, so we had Qual's Feather Token. I wasn't sure if it was a writing one, because, again, now my brain is infused with the book that shall not be named, and mm -hmm. we're playing Rule Cyclopedia, which has different uh, magic items. So I need, I need to start studying again uh, for that Feather Token. All right, cool. Tree. Not just any of them. Well, I don't even know what a token is. I mean, I guess a feather token suggests that they all are the shape of a feather. Right. But a token, it's weird, right? I mean, it's so, I don't know. I agree. I don't know why it's called a feather token, but that's what it's called. And we don't know the, we don't know the origin of that name. I assume that's somebody in one of Gary's That would be, campaigns. if someone knows, that would be great. Maybe we can call John Peterson. Yeah, that's right. See it's probably going to be a next, a next episode's card. <laughs> the true what was pursuit. the name of the how did, who derived the qual's feather token that would be uh but that was a good one i you like know, that and there's a name but i forget what it is there's a name for the what everyone now would call the robin hood hat you know there was some name i'm sure the right. chamberlain chamberlain what is the uh what is the official name of the robin hood hat not, a, not a fedora obviously it's we don't know what it's called oh, it's, i don't think any of the magical items were hat they're helms and we have cloaks, but I don't think we have any hat like that in the... Well, that's what I was trying to... I know later there's a hat. Is there? The Pied Piper had a hat like that. Yeah. Right? But of course, that's not what was magical. That was the pipes of, pipes of the sewers. Pipes of those. Oh, I, you know I like those. Yeah, you, you like that. I love rats. You, that is... Uh, except for goblins. Yes. 
And gnomes, which are monsters. Oh, rats might be equal goblins. Rats are probably better than goblins at all, honestly. Yeah, because they're even simpler. So yeah, hat. I think you're right. I don't. I can't think of a hat. I know we have helms, not hats. I don't remember if there's a hat. I'm not gonna sit here and stammer. There's a gesture has a hat. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. But is, just is, there a, is there? A, I feel like in the book that shall not be named, they had hats. Mm. All right. So. Uh, oh, he knows. Oh. Don't laugh. I do know. You ready? Worth the wait. Um, hey, it made with a B, I believe. It's like a yep, B. With a by, B. by Cockett. Hmm. I, by Cockett. Interesting. So, so we need to create a magic item with yes. the by Cockett. Ron Christopher. Yes. Oh, he probably has like probably four has of them. One. I got a, a whole entry. I got a whole series of by cockets. It's a chapter. <laughs> it's a book. He sent me a note that he's buying. He's got a new thing he's going to be sending us. He's got more material. So yes, if if for those who know um, Ron Christopher's old school compendium. Well, now now I feel like I got to look in. Part of the by cocket? There's a by cocket. It also sounds like a marshmallow too creature. The bicocket. That's right. Oh, it's like an angry hat. Don't they have like the executioner's hood? <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is the bicocket. The ex, uh, the murderer's bicocket. Yeah, it puts it on your head, and it. Yes. I miscellaneous. Uh, you can't undo it from your head. Bard's music book, boots of deception. Uh, he needs a bicocket. Of. Yes. All right, Ron. You need to work on that. Yeah, you don't tell him what it is. He'll he'll tell you. Yeah, so. he will tell me exactly. You just, you just tell him it's a bicocket. Right. Need a bicocket. It should be a flipping attorney next time, right? Yeah. In the magic item section. I'm sure Rob knows. I'm sure Rob could quote how many bicockets we have. Had oh, hat of disguise. Oh, where's that? Is that in? I the, think that's the book that's not. I was going to say I don't. Okay. That's in the book of shall not be named. Ninety nine percent because that's not. It's definitely not. Uh, I think that that's not in this one. But we'll look in here. I have opened the book that shall not be named. Since we're looking into that. Yes, there are. <laughs> Here's one that you'd like. Yes. This hat is totally indistinguishable from any of the other magical headgear, even, even when most carefully detected by magical means. Once, only by placing it upon the head can its powers be determined. Of course, once upon the head, the wearer will believe that the hat is a specially beneficial item. The issue will be overcome by stupidity. Intelligence will be lowered to seven, or by minus one if the wearer has seven or lower intelligence normally. The wearer will always desire to have it on the hat on, especially when he or she is engaged in activities which requires thinking spell casting. Without the benefit of a removed curse or similar magic, it will never be free. It's the hat of stupidity. The bicocket of stupidity. The bicocket of stupidity. You find a bicocket. Amazing. I put it on. You are now dunce cap. You're an exactly. Idiot. That's right. It's a dunce cap. Exactly. So, speaking of dunce caps, you will feel dumb after we discuss aerial combat. What was your statement when I told you we were doing aerial combat? Oh, are you trying to kill me? You're trying to torture me. Torture me, yes. It was torture. It's horrible. Why is it horrible, Dan? Because it's a war game. Is it a war game? Yes. It's Dawn Patrol. I've not played Dawn Patrol, but I... And I look, and I... If you're playing a war game, it's great to play, right? right? I love war games. You know that. But when I'm playing d and I don't want to play a war game. And this seems to be a war game. So the problem is, it feels like 
So we're talking about aerial combat on page 50. We're going through the esoteric things of combat the last few sessions. So the problem with aerial creatures is they should have some advantage over people that are on the ground. And unless you use some, put some kind of rule in place, they really just fight like creatures that are hanging above you. They don't get any advantage. They, and there's no disadvantage. They basically can keep fighting until they, until they die or they run away. So how do we, uh, how do we accommodate that? And so Gary and the DMG tries to do that, but the propensity to go to wargaming is still here. And so he basically says, so when we mean by aerial combat, anything where someone is flying in the z-axis, third dimension, you have to deal with. Whether it's people cast and fly, levitate. Griffins, dragons, all these other creatures. And, and all flying is not created equal. That also makes sense, right? A giant dragon versus a pixie should fly differently. So I kind of get that. So some of it makes sense, but how do you do it? It's kind of like unarmed combat. It all makes sense, but how do you do it without becoming a pain, a slog to deal with? There's an inverse ratio between accuracy and fun. Yes. So, yes, it, of course it all makes sense. It makes, that's, the prob, that's the problem, right, is it makes too much sense. It makes it great sense, and the more crunch you put in, but, you know, if you, when we were 13 to whenever we stopped playing, we loved the crunch. That was half the fun. Now it's not so fun. No, it'll be interesting. So this is 1979, yeah. the DMG, and we know that, right, friend of the show, right, Mike Carr. Yes. Wrote. Wrote what fight in the skies? I believe so. Yes. Which becomes right. Don Patrol. That's right. Julio. I wonder, and I think wrote it. I think when he was quite young. Right? Yes. Because right, maybe even seventeen. So and knew Gary, of course. Yep. And and I wonder to what extent this uh, Dave Carr's fight in the skies in some ways influenced this, you know, at all? Like I just you know because. Gary was quite the war gamer. Yeah, I'm sure it's in the style of that because so what we're mentioning is on page 50, it kind of goes over what, what constitutes aerial combat. And other deficiency that I think it has in this is it really focuses on what I'll call Star Wars combat, meaning two flying things flying against each other, not the more typical thing, which is super fun. It's kind of fantastical. Everyone jumps on their griffin and kind of flies up to fight people. World, like a World War I dogfight. Right. Yeah, you're going flying, shooting spells, and all this other stuff. Versus the more common problem the DM's going to have, which is the Sturges attack the party. Right. Or like, yes. They, or the gargoyle descends on the party. The Nazgul. Yeah, or the harpy descends on the party. They're not flying. Only the, only the monsters flying. The margoyles. Or the margoyle attacks. Or attack the of the margoyles. You know. Most level one adventures will have Sturge at some point. Eventually, they'll have a Harpy. So, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Wait, I didn't even think about that. Sturges, do they have maneuverability? Okay, so this is for creatures which cannot remain. Is this basically for creatures that can't remain stationary like a helicopter? Right. Yeah, well, there are also some that depends on the area class. Local area servant can remain still, so can Ifrits and Quatils and some other things. Well, what about a Sturge? Does Sturge have, are Sturges, 
but they don't have a movement class. You'd have to guess. But there's a there's a bunch of them that don't have it. My gosh! So you're telling me? So wait. So Sturges are coming around. Like so, when you're doing combat with Sturge, so as everyone, right? Almost everyone, been doing Sturge combat. Run. It even includes Sprite. Yeah. Sprites are in here. So have people been doing so Sprite combat and Sturge combat is supposed to be. I'm supposed to break out the aerial maneuverability. You should. Like the, like the sprite's coming around and the sturge is coming around. Right. But does it, wait, wait, but does it really, oh, it does matter. Because does that mean if the sturge has to come around? You're not attacking. And that means if I've got arrows. Right. Wow, you're blowing my mind, James. Right. You've, you've just destroyed like 40 years of my thinking about yes. combat. Because there's a lot of things. Yeah, what else is there? Sturges? Yeah, Sturges is a classic. I'm thinking like low-level, typical. Wasps. Yeah, giant. Oh, you said giant wasps. These are included in here. Giant wasps. Any of that. Giant bee. The fiend folio had some good things. Giant bee was good. It was not, it was a, I think that was a uh, fiend folio. Yes. I like anything normal that's big. So, okay. Yeah, that's all right. But, now, okay. now, again, they could be considered class B or class C. You know, it depends on... on you know, but you know, you look at Sturges, they don't seem the most flying. They they don't seem very adept at flying. They're kind of crappy. Well, they're like a I was, well, they're like mosquitoes. They're sort of like mosquitoes. So I just had this image of Knuckles, our thief, being attacked by a giant bee. <laughs> <laughs> well, giant wasps are deadly. So <laughs> no, they're horrible. So the first part talks about again, it, its focus is on you know air to air combat. But I think more people are going to have to deal with air to land target. Yeah. The party's the target and the air creature. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You don't have a hippogriff. Yeah. And then it talks about speed. So some of the things are very interesting in that um, things you have to know about. Di creatures that dive when attack get double damage, which is super cool. So again, there's an advantage to basically you're charging. Wait, does that mean a sturge? What is sturge? So is a sturge dive bombing? Is Sturge, where are you at? We need to figure out the Sturge. So page guesses. 50. Yes. The, under speed, the second paragraph. For right. the sake of standardization, all flying creatures climb at one half or dive at twice their standard rate. So they're talking about the speed. They're able to climb one foot for every three feet. So again, this is the problem with the ideas. If you take this to its extreme, you have this cave. You have to kind of mentally project the Sturge coming down, and then if it misses, is it flying back up? And does it have enough room to clear? All this kind of, you know, they're kind of spinning around like this. Oh, wait, giant bats. Same thing. Okay, giant wait bats. a second. Okay, now, see, what a shock. I'm getting mildly interested. Yeah, Don't a, get too excited, but I'm getting a little interested. So I get more interested when it's giant bats and Sturges versus, you know. Uh, well, bats I, in the Monster Manual 2, I think, are, are, do have their movement class in here. You're going to bat. You're doing, yeah, that's an ordinary bat. And then there's giant bats in the Fiend Folio. Well, they have Mobat and they have giant bats. But there's giant. Right, well, one's in the fiend folio, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they're in there. Okay, cool. Okay, can we talk? Well, let's can we can we talk about Sturge? I'm gonna talk about Sturges. Okay, because that's a very classic. Yeah, it's classic. So it's an 18 inch flying speed for the Sturge. So when they're diving, that's 36 inches. Right. So the, they're moving. Yeah. I mean, it really is like the cartoon. Exactly. Where they're coming down at you, and so they are going to dive because that that first attack. Could be brutal. They can dive up to one foot downward for each foot traveled. 
Oh, so they got to be able to, oh, at a 45 degree, I had a 45 degree angle. Oh, so right. So, oh, that's interesting. So they can't really dive bomb like that. They straight more. So, so that's an issue, right. a limitation. They, they kind of do this. Because they can't go straight down or else they, they won't be able to pull up. They'll just they'll crash into things. So, so and, and so I'm sorry, but I, I, my geometry is terrible. But so 180 would be what, straight down? Yes. So, so 45. 45 is like that. Yeah. So 90 is like this. 180 is, okay, starting from here, if this is zero, 45, 90, 180 is the opposite way. So but if you're, 45 is like this. So they so, so they can hit, and if they miss, they can come back up. So they know. So they they know they can't wait till you're too far below. They wait. They they right. they're going to do it before you get too close to them. Right. And they're going to go at 36. Yes. In this case, if they move at 18 normally flying, yeah. And that's 36 inches around. Yes. Right. It's 360 feet. So that's what? That's a minute. Yeah. 360 feet. Right. Can someone figure? Okay. Someone on the chat figure out how, how many miles per hour that is. I'm trying to guess it's like how fast. Do you think you can? Do well, that? it's not very fast. I mean, not very fast in in normal terms. But understand, I'm trying to get a sense of like. So they're going. They're going 360 feet. Yeah, it's not super fast in in in. This is a foot a second. Wait, what if they're outside? What if it's a cave? Are they outside? Do they get yards then? No. Yeah, they work. get yards then. Per round. Yeah. Oh. Movements outside is in yards. So that's times three, basically. Yeah. Right? Now you're talking 360 yards, a thousand feet a minute. Still not very fast, but from D and D terms, it's very fast. It's three times the speed of human. That's pretty fast. And if you're if you don't see them, mm -hmm. you well, well, I guess you see them. But so, would you be able to get surprise? So you'll get an attack. I guess you'll, you'll be able to. Defend yourself. Well, the point of it is, unless you have a missile weapon, you have to wait for it to get close to right. your attack. Right, but at least you can attack. And then the question is, do you use the charge rules? Which is, if I'm, I'm looking at it as a charge, which then it's based on the weapon type. So the, again, that makes sense. The Sturge is coming. He doesn't surprise you. You have a sword. He's charging. You should get an attack first, unless his proboscis yeah. is you know, five feet long. And he, you, would get, he would, you would attack if you hit. Great. You don't hit, then he attacks him, which is why they get that four hit dice because their their normal hit dice is one plus one, but they attack as a four hit dice monster because they're flying in. I agree. We yeah, it says when diving, they do double damage, and I agree with you. Yes, that it should be. It's the equivalent of an airborne charge. I agree with that. So, wow, that's pretty nasty. So they get double. Well, that this is saying in the book, which came out two years later. This is, oh, this engine, they say they swoop down. Right. So swooping, can they, if I it says they swoop, does that override their ability to dive? No, I think swoop and dive is synonymous. Right. It's more like a glider. Okay. So, oh, so they just come zooming down, and then if they hit, so they don't get a charge bonus. Like charge, you get what, plus two to hit? This is just different. This is just on damage. You get double damage. Right. But then, but if they hit. Now they're attached to you. They're stick to, yeah, they're just like fly and just like they're, they're fly, stuck they're, in you. They're flying, they're flying darts, basically. They are. You have like six of them stuck in you. How many? Three to 30 appear. Yeah. So you could have. That's, so why, that's why Sturges are first level party killers. Big time. I mean, they're all just, yeah, swooping down on you. But if they miss, then they do have to. Then they got to. 
Right. And, and you can, so this is where it's not clear. Typically, if you, uh, if you are engaged in combat with someone and then you try to run away, what do you, what's supposed to happen? An opportunity. Right. But does that make sense? What should have? No. We don't no, do that. No, no. That but make players sense. will argue that. Players will be like, well, I should get an opportunity attack. But that doesn't make any sense. Oh. Well, they're not really fleeing. Yeah. So. They're not fleeing. You can use your attack. Now, you can. No, argue. that's because, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's their, that's their action. Right. And that gives back to the fact that flying creatures should have an advantage over non-flying creatures. Now, do you have to do the math, though, to figure out whether or not you can get an attack? So you suggested that there might be an extra attack. But this depends upon speed, too. If they're moving at 18 inches. Now, I guess they're, they're, they're ascending lower, I guess. Yes, well, it says the speed to go up. No, I don't think there's an extra attack. I think what happens is initiative is rolled, right? You win initiative. The thing is coming at you. Let's say three of them are coming at you. You get to choose which one you're going to attack. And then the three attack, and then it resolves. They, they okay. fly away. But there's something troubling here, which is that we know first edition combat is party initiative base. Yes. There is, if I recall, the order, unlike Holmes' base, is, do missile weapons discharge for? I'm trying to, I should know no. this at this point, but I get confused. There is no, there is no uh, missile weapon segment. Right. There's, yeah, no, there's no phase for it. There's a list that goes over in page 61. This is literally like going back to like episode three. Right. Four in years 61, ago. You, you can discharge missiles close to strike. So yes, technically you could do it that way, but we typically don't do that. We don't go through the phases with each party member. We go through initiative. So again, it's group initiative. You guys won. Sturges are flying down. What do you do? Well, I can't do anything because they're not physically near me. Okay, two Sturges are coming at you. You have a longer weapon, I would let you go first on one of them. Yeah, because 4A on page 61, four, the A through H is just, it's, it's a list of yeah. actions you could take. Correct. It's not describing any sort of order of actions, right? It's just telling you all of the possibilities. Yes, that's determine the results of whatever actions are decided upon by the player with initiative. So that's, so, so it doesn't make, and now maybe I'm getting too wargamey, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So we know that I, it's a big deal whether I am firing a missile weapon into melee or not into melee. Yet with aerial combat, so there's this, there's this sort of snapshot in time with melee in first edition, yet that snapshot doesn't work very well if you've got an arrow creature because am I shooting into melee or am I not shooting into melee? Because so I want to shoot an arrow. I mean, shouldn't so is it the argument that I didn't get the arrow off fast enough? Right. But what does that mean then? Am well, I shooting? What in... That's what initiative. So again, problem is you're mixing. There's always a problem with first edition things. You have initiative. You have phases or things that can happen in initiative. You have segments when these things can go off, your rate of attack, and you have to figure all this out on the fly. Yeah, I wonder if, what is it? And DM, most people go, that's too much work. Because I wonder if DM, uh, DM Prada is the one that did the... Uh, yeah, the attic one. I wonder if he did arrow combat. I don't recall from reading it. Yeah, because that's a whole other kettle of fish. Right. That's complicated. 
Well, the way you can accommodate that is you can treat the aerial combat like charging. When they're diving on you, that's a charge. So then charging's initiative is based on weapon length. Uh, that makes sense to me. Does, does, and then instead of the plus two, as we said, you get the double damage for the monster, the aerial monster. Does, does. Well, it doesn't say anything about plus two damage. It just says plus two to hit. It just says if you. Right dive, you get double damage. Right, so I think you would not get it. So it's similar to charge, but not a duplicate of the charge rules in all, in all aspects. And it says, this includes diving attacks on earthbound creatures which come from a height of 30 feet or above. Oh, so you need to be 30 feet or above to get that. Right. Got it. Which is like a charge, basically. So is there anything, is there any, is that the extent of it for... Aerial versus earthbound? I mean, what else is, like, what does maneuverability matter in with respect well, to? Well, so, again, we, we're kind of all over the place for our folks, which I apologize. So, first thing is speed. Right. Talk about, is you, you're either, the, Gary talks about there's two ways to deal with combat. And, again, this was focused on, I think, combat between aerial creatures. So, and, and what he talks about on page 52 is conducting air camera can be much simplified. The DM will remember that most flying creatures simply cannot execute complement maneuvers. Again, this is not Star Wars. It's not a dogfight. And he says there's two methods you can use to conduct. The first is simple but less accurate. The second is more accurate but requires use of hex paper and hex map. They both can be done on, on paper. The best way to visualize the relative positions of the, of the combatants is to employ miniature figures or paper counters. Simple method is to move each flyer in the direction they are facing at the beginning of the move and execute the turn at the end simply refacing the flyer in the new direction. So what, what he's mentioning is there, each creature, if they are a flying creature, has a maneuverability class. The better, a is the best, B is the worst. And the, what an A class can do is they can basically spin, they can go completely do a 180 versus the other ones take a longer time. So the idea would be, is I'm swooping in, I make my attack, I can either continue forward, or uh, let's say a, a Sturge is considered class C, he can turn 90 degrees. So at the end of my movement, is let's say I'm past you and I miss, I could go this way or this way, or forward. I couldn't go all the way around. So what, I would have to pass around, come back and make another attack. Oh, so you feel, so, and I think you have answered my question, because we... So the, for me, the big thing out of speed is that there is this dive. You got to be 30 feet right. up. You, you get double damage. So that's a, that's a, big, that's right. a big deal. On all your attacks, it says, too. Every dive. Well, I assume every dive. Oh, every. When diving, all creatures' physical attacks will do double damage to all targets, which are not themselves diving. Oh. So, right. So what you're saying is the stir, they're always diving. They're going back up and coming back down yeah. is what you envision. Right. So they hit. Well, that's horrible. Yes. So basically all these sturges, bat, giant bats, ordinary bats. Yep. Sprites. Dragons, when they come in and hit you, double damage, they climb in. That's why they grab things and crush you. And horrible. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Or they land on you, land on the whole party. So that, that would be bad. <laughs> so that's sort of the, for I think maybe for a lot of you, I don't mean to speak for others, but the big miss here has been, not plucking out that double damage rule. Yep. I mean, obviously the players don't want it. Okay. So for maneuverability, I guess my question on maneuverability then is does maneuverability 
matter for aerial versus earthbound. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is you think yes. Oh, yes. Because you're, you're not going to be able to make as many. If you are, you're the worse your maneuverability, the fewer attacks you're going to end up being able to make. Is that, is that Correct. Got it. So, so, so the example I give, because I use this in my first campaign, not when I started up again. They had, we had a dragon. Uh, I'm trying to just keep up with the notes, and I apologize, folks. You know, I'm trying to think here. So if there's good stuff on there, please, I'll look it over again. Um, someone note, mentioned there's a good article. We'll put that in the show notes. And, um, you know, the Chamberlain's on. I'm sure he's being apoplectic with some of the things we're saying as far as combat. He has great YouTubes on, on combat initiative. We're not diminishing in that. But Dragon's a perfect example. So what? So once you figure out maneuverability, many of the flying creatures that were in the in the player's handbook is identified here. So under dragon, page fifty-one, lack of a maneuverability due to size may seem to put dragons at a disadvantage in the air, but their powerful breath weapon somewhat makes up for this. On an attack pass, a dragon can either bite or use his claws. Never both. A dragon may choose to breathe on an opponent, then pass and slash with fang and claw. So what happened was. The, the, the party was uh, in, in the keep area. The dragon came through, breathed on them, breathed on some of them because they saw him coming, attacked one of them, and then, but he missed, and now is flying around. So, because the, the maneuverability of a dragon is E. So that's 30 degrees on page 52. That's very, that's not good. That's so, worse, 30 right? degrees. <clears throat> that's one round. Then he flies. <clears throat> So it takes almost five rounds to come around to do another attack. During that five rounds, the party can be shooting arrows, casting spells, hiding. All these other things could happen. So the downside for the dragon who is doing it from the air is that they can't do, they don't get the claw claw bite all three. And they don't the attack every round. They just pass and they, now they're going around. Right, but then they can get a breath weapon before they attack. So when they're right. flying in, they breathe. And, you know, as everyone's dealing with that, they attack. Right. And they fly, typically fly off with something. Well, it would make it more interesting. Right. I mean, I hate, I hate, this always sounds funny to say this, but it would make it more realistic. Well, it make it more evocative. it make it, as opposed to this giant bag of hit points that's coming, hovering over them and attacking, which doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, it'd even make it more evocative with something like Sturges. Like, here they yeah. come again. Right. They're coming. Get ready. Yeah, and they're just giant torpedoes that, you know, needles that sh in inject. So, and you're, like, shooting arrows before they, like, because you know, you'd have to figure out the Sturges maneuverability. But if it's slow... I would say it's a C. So that means... Well, see, though, that's very interesting because then... B or a C. You know, in some respects, they're both worse and, and not worse because now... You might get a lot, if you've got like 30 of them coming at you, now it's like everyone's, you're trying to pick out as many, off as many as you can right. before they do the dive bomb again. Right, exactly. Okay. Or you're, you're dealing with the ones that hit. Now again, if, if a first or second level party is dealing with 18 Sturges, they're probably re-rolling their characters. Right. Because they're going to be sucked dry. Right. Cool. Well, yeah. Now the good news is, arrows, that's a, a two per round? Yes. So that helps. So you're loosening, you know, so if you've got a bunch. Typically, we, I, I believe it says in here, arrows go in the beginning and the end of the round. So, and the way I would say it, initiative happens. The party loses. The arrows, first round of arrows go 
the Sturges come and attack. The other party members can get their attacks. If they got attacked, then the spells go off. And then as they're flying back, the, the uh, second round of attack arrows go off if they're successful. So that's, what the, so that's what the entry was where it said MC. Yes. So in the Monster Manual 2, they, put, they started putting the, because obviously it came out after the, that they put in the maneuverability class. Oh, and sometimes it's mentioned in the entry, like yeah. Giant Bat is Class C. Yeah. So what, so Class C is 90. Yeah, Harpies and Quaddles and that kind of thing. And require one round to reach full airspeed. Okay. So A is typically reserved for magical creatures, typically from the thing of air. Because they give examples on page 50. Jinns, air elementals, aerial servants, quaddles. Those are all super element, air elemental magical creatures. They're like UFOs. Right. B is fly spell, sprites, slifts, sylphs, giant wasps, kirin. So they could be a B. But C is harpies, gargoyles, pegasi, lamasu, shidu. Um, so I would put them as either a B or a C. And what's interesting is that there's once again there's more dis- there's also more discussion of like each with, individual one. Yeah. Yeah. Would they say that on succubus they prefer not to melee in the air yeah. or on the ground and will use guile, treachery, and etherealness whenever possible? So you get like little info insight into their how they attack. Right. Exactly. Right. And so even yeah. So, so again, you just have to decide how well flying, but. <clears throat> the reason it's important is because sometimes we design room encounters with like harpies in this small room where if they fly, they got to be able to maneuver around. It's got to be a big enough room for them to fly around. In. Yeah. Or they're not flying. They're just going to hop down and attack. Yeah. And so you got to sort of, I guess you got to sort of, unfortunately as a DM, you've got to like in advance figure out is there enough room Figure out what's the maneuverability, generally what sort of attacks. Because like, uh, I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to break out the the hex thing. Well, right. I, mean, I guess you don't. You don't need to. You don't need to, particularly with somebody on the ground. And you but, just need to use miniatures and just remember how how high or lower they are. And have a, And what I would do is for me, it would be just having like using this as a guideline right. to get a sense of okay. How many times can they attack? How yep. many per, how many attacks? How many rounds? And remember the double damage. It would be more. That's sort of what I would take out of this. Yeah, and the only other part that you have to remember, assuming you're not doing air-to-air combat, which, again, we're not even getting into that. That's, you know, you're launching your griffin and you're flying around. Then you're going to have to do probably some kind of dawn patrol kind of thing. Because that's Harry Potter. I mean, I've got yeah. the, you got the boom yeah. of flying. Right, exactly. Now you're flying, fighting, and if you're going to do that, well, then get ready to do the... Put them on hex paper. The other part that you have to know when you're dealing with a land-to-air attack is damage, as we talked about with the uh, Margoyle. The, dr- the dragon's not going to keep flying um, when it's losing hit points. So let's say the dragon has 50 hit points. If it loses 25 or more hit points, it has to land. If it loses more than 75, it's going to pump, you know, fall to the ground. Right. So unless the only ones that get advantage are, are winged creatures that have feathers, feathered winged creatures. So the, the point of it is um, 
that could be that could cause a lot of damage. So if you have a dragon and you shoot it up with things and it can't sustain its flight, it's going to fall and potentially die. Yeah. Which you may not want to kill outside of its lair. If you wound it, you probably want it to follow it to its lair so you can get its treasure. If it dies outside, you won't find its lair. Right. Which is where the money is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so does that mean... Well, so wait. So... If you do damage, does that mean, wait, Sturges are flapping down on the ground? Wait, so how does this work with Sturge? Okay. So with Sturge, I always come back to the first level adventure. That's right. So it's okay. important. So with Sturge. Typically found in big caves. And now they have, now they get, so their wings would be not feather-like, they're membrane-like, yes. right? So That's how it. many additional hit points, so to speak? They don't have additional Artificial. They don't, only, only feathered creatures get artificial. Artificial. Oh, okay. So I, if I said that wrong, feathered creatures are not as easy to damage as membranous, membranous wings. And the flight should be given extra hit point value to one half their normal hit points they support for the purpose of figuring out damage needed to before they can no longer fly. Okay, so sturges will get none. Dragons, sturges, gargoyles, all those. If, if Icarus. Icarus had feathers, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I thought we were on feathers, yeah. Yeah. Right, so, all right. So, so Sturge will not get any, so he'll just be this one plus one. Right. So, so let's say he has five hit points. Right. So, Six hit points, let's keep it simple. Thank you. So Three when, hit points or less. If he, takes up, if he takes three or more, he has to land. If he takes five or more, he's crashing. Well, see, that's very useful now, too, because right. Sturge on the ground. We never play that role. Yeah. Well, I don't know who we are. Well. I never did. I started to later when I figured some of this out, yeah. So that, okay, so... so we taketh, we giveth. So, yeah. so the dive bombing bad for the party. Right. But yeah, but now you need to know. You hit fifty percent. They got to land. They got to land. And now, a sturge landed. You yeah, step on now it. Now they're waddling game. around. Where do they move? Three. That's funny. I didn't even think. Like, yeah, they can move. Come here. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> and I wouldn't give them four hit dice attack. I mean, part of that four hit dice attack is because they're flying at you. Yeah. Is it proboscis? It's just kind of like. Yeah, it's a fl- oh, it's a flappy fla- right. Flaccid proboscis. Come here and let me. Yeah. I mean, I guess they get, I mean, mosquitoes land on you, stick, so I guess you can stick it in there. Like, here, come here. Ooh, do you think, like, at night, like, is there, like, a storage problem? Like, if you leave the window open? Well, you, should, you have to net. You have to put nets up. Yeah, because you, like, like, there's, like, a storage on your nose. I assume you got more problems. I mean, storage is just one of many problems. The giant centipedes, the hill giants. Never, ne- and ne- you should never leave a window open in yeah. the end day. Right. You're, you're, you're locking yourself in your house and praying nothing happens. Because you're most likely going to be hit by one of the hundreds of common creatures that will just eat you. I was thinking about that the other day. I said, well, you know, D&D is, is human-centric versus... Well, you know, it's actually... Well, it's Australia. I mean, we have yes. the Chamberlain on. Yes. Imagine living in Australia. Right. It's... Where everything's going to kill you. Right. Giant scorpions in your bed. Right. They're all there. They're all going to kill you. Do they keep their windows open? No, of course. They keep... They lock themselves up. Yes. They're going to be taken away and murdered. Yeah, hill giants are common. Werewolves are common. Orcs yep. are common. Giant centipedes are common. Right. So, all right. It's Australia. Okay. But so that's very useful to know now. So, yeah. So, if there's so bats, like giant bats. Yeah. 50%? I mean, they're going down. Right. They're going down. They're nothing. If and they you... can't. I'm sure they can't. I'm sure they can't. Can they walk? Yeah, they can too. That's hilarious. They waddle. Three inches. That's actually not bad. That's faster than I thought. Still pretty slow. Oh, but yeah, see so this poor guy. So yeah, it's like you see like an injured bird, right? 
He never leave the windows open. Thank you. Sir. Never. Giant bats will come in. Exactly. <laughs> Eighteen of them. <laughs> so yeah. So it's yeah. So the reality is a fight against giant bats and sturge. A lot of times it's just there's ones on the. So then like that they would be like a tad three inches. Like you'd be like going for, like you'd have to like they'd be coming up to you. Right. You kick them. Yeah. It's a very different combat than I'd envisioned. Yes. Much more realistic. Well, it's it's more evocative of the thing. It is. The tables turn. At first, they have the advantage, mm -hmm. and now they don't have the advantage. Right. So again, you don't. You have to learn all the things. It's this, but I think the big ones is definitely the damage. You should want them to land, and this idea of they kind of swoop in and out. That's kind of cool. Right. It and is. it's the same thing with the mounted combat. You want there should be an advantage to being on a horse, and there should be an advantage if you're flying. And rules is written sometimes. Or the rules we've played, because sometimes we don't understand them or we forget them, they don't get that advantage. And clearly, horseback is better than you know, having the momentum of a horse and striking is way better than just standing. Right. And that, when you have adventures where you can have creatures flying it out, nothing terrifies a group more. Like the Sturges come in and they got to run across the cave, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Okay, I've been won over. I think obviously it takes. The DM has to be comfortable with it. The more you do it, it takes a little bit of time. It's probably going to be clunky the first time and a lot of complaining and a lot of flipping and turning. Well, I, I, and also, uh, well, I, I also worry about the koala and the chlamydia. Apparently, they're like the biggest uh, transmitters. Of, they're talking about koalas is dangerous, too. I think, they have, yeah. I think they're like the most purveyors of chlamydia. Not that no. I know that. I don't know how I know that. And they love human flesh. They love, they love eating human flesh. <laughs> well, I think the air-to-air -air combat is something that is not as fun. It's more like a mini game that you do. Kind of like um, when you build castles and you have war sieges. Right. That's up to you if you want to decide. But having that third dimension in the game makes it more interesting than just to have this two-dimension thing. Yeah. Which... DMs in general don't take advantage of. I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that. All right, I've been won over. A little bit. Well, clearly, I don't want to say clearly. There's nothing clear in D&D. &D, but if you're doing the Sturges, you're doing the giant bats, which are kind of like classic. You're right. going to have them in there. Your dungeon will be stocked with them somewhere, probably. Harpies is pretty common. Right. And we saw gargoyles. Gargoyles are common. You know, there's a couple, I mean, these rules are probably not terribly hard to figure out, and they, they should be applied. And, and they make these creatures a little more dangerous. All right, well, with that, let's roll a d10, and let's wrap this puppy up. Okay, let's do it. Oh, happy Canada Day. Thank oh, yes. Oh, yes. We have a lot of friends in Canada. All right. Uh, it's an eight, sir. Eight. Excellent. Uh, because of the Canada Day. That's right, the Canada boost. Leroy is on there. We got the Canadian boost. He just yes. woke up. Happy Canada Day from, the, uh, from our Canadian viewers. Excellent. Well, uh, shout out to Kelly Villamir. That's right. Delph approved. So I think we are ready to wrap this up. So for Grog Talk, I'm James. And I'm Dan. And we will see all of you next time on. Now, by the way, I've posted our schedule. We'll be on in two weeks. And then we're taking a few weeks off. Uh, we're on the 12th of August, the 26th. And then sometime. Uh, mid-September, and then it's GrogCon. So we've got uh, four or five uh, up there. So you know, summer's happening. We've got things moving around. So we'll see you in a, we'll see you in a couple weeks. You all have a great, let's see, yes, we have chlamydia.
and they're stoned out of their brain. Well, we should have, <laughs> koalas are awesome. So with that, you all have a great time and take care. This is Big Abushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.